0: Pastor B3 is the leader of the Oikos Department of Worship Harvest Ministries which oversees the multiplication and equipping of missional communities across the movement. Pastor B3 is married to Pastor Jeremy Biamanzi with whom they have four lovely daughters. Together they lead the High Flyers Network which has 11 growing churches as well as Pastor Worship Harvest Gayaza. Pastor B3 is a certified coach, speaker, and trainer with the John Maxwell team and is passionate about helping people, teams, and organizations discover and maximize their unique potential. Pastor B3 is an author and a songwriter. Transform 2023! Please join us in extending a warm welcome to the remarkable Pastor B3.
1: Make some noise for Jesus! What a blessing. These are the ones I paid. To make some noise for me. I might need a refund. I don't know. Transform 2023. What a blessing. To be here today. Director Grace. What was that? I think we should have gone for breakfast. Then we come back. But it's such an honor. And a blessing. And a privilege. For me to be here today and to share a stage with someone, came and said to me, Hello, international uh, speaker. I laughed. You know, when I was imagining myself here today, yesterday in my head, I usually play like drama clips. So in the movie, I laughed and laughed and started crying like it was a joke. Because when Apostle said that I was going to speak at Transform, genuinely, I, it was like I thought it was. Like a threat, like a joke, like a threat, like, like those things of, I'll send you to, what? To awakening. So it was like, <laughs> I'm going to make you speak transform. Of course, I was like, it's not true. Then he mentioned it at MC Live. Then I realized, eh, he's serious. Then I'm like, now what am I, why? Then you see the speakers who are lined up. I'm like, now what am I going to talk about? But not these ones. <laughs> But you see, that's the beauty of inheritance. That's the beauty of belonging to a family. Your dad puts you on stages and no one can do anything about it. And then he goes ahead and gives you the topic which you're going to teach and then tells you how to teach it. Then you come and you look good. So Apostle, thank you. Thank you so much. From before anyone knew that I could teach, you have believed in me. You've given me opportunities. You have taught me to teach. You've celebrated me. You've encouraged me. You've affirmed me. You've you've said things until I've started to believe that they are true. Wow. Happy tears. Sorry. believed in me. Thank you, Apostle. You're a lifter. You're a hero maker. With all my heart, I'm grateful. Please sit. Wow, at some point, I'm going to have to start doing what I came to do. I didn't come here to cry. It is hormones. Uh, Director Grace awakened some hormones in us. I don't know if this is dopamine. The other one for sleeping. Eh? <laughs> what a blessing! May God give you people who, when you think about how wonderful they've been in your life, you lose a bit of dignity. And may God make us people who, when people think about us in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. So, (laughs) I'm very honored today to stand before you, very honored to see people in the house all the people who are speaking at Transform 2023 Pastor M Pastor Carl Pastor Lincoln ah. Today I will be talking about the ultimate vehicle for living on mission every day The alt there are many but we think this is the ultimate vehicle So the first question on my mind as I speak today, is are we existing as a sent people? You and I. Are we existing in our minds? Are we sent people, or we are here for our own? Just to be here, to be here, to enjoy a good life, and to one day meet Jesus. So. Eh. You know, maybe let me start where I didn't plan. What, what is making me a bit besides myself today morning as I speak? God's idea for the world is that there's so much, first of all, he knows that there's so much brokenness, right? Like we just heard, as Director Grace was teaching today about people having Where is the pain coming from? Where you feel the need to numb something? That the world is broken. The world is full of pain. The world is full of misery. The world is full of loneliness. And God has given us a solution. And the solution is salvation. But salvation in itself is not individualistic. That God has placed solitary people into families. Where now you don't feel alone. You feel that you are part, whether you are, you, you are alone in your natural family, God in his wisdom through salvation and the community of church has given us an opportunity in our generation to create community, to create families, to create culture, to change destinies. I'm standing here today not because my father and mother naturally made opportunity for me, or raised me, or even helped to nurture any gift in me. They gave birth to me, took care of me, died when I was young. Someone else took me on, paid school fees. But why I'm standing here today is not because of just school fees. It's because God put me in a family. When I just joined university, I joined what was a small group of about 20 to 30 people who were doing life together. At that time, we didn't call it a mission or community. We didn't have a name for it, but I found a sense of purpose, belonging identity in this group this group went on to plant a church at the time there was no dream that one day we would be sitting here with thousands of people teaching about leadership it was just a group of people who when there was no food at home i remember a time when i lived just with my siblings and there was no like older adult in the home like a parent and so there was a time we didn't have food and this missional community went and did a lot of shopping and brought food home. When we needed to go and visit my brother in secondary school, this group of people would give us the car, which was like the church car at the time, Pastor Timothy Sevalamu, who is now the pastor of Worship Harvest Germany, and we would drive with him in that truck to go to St. Lawrence to visit my brother. And then my family was introduced to this family. My natural family now knew this family. They could, I could go on mission with them and come back at 1 a.m., and they did not worry, because they knew I was with another family. I realized that it's in that family that I discovered my purpose. I discovered my identity. I discovered calling. I grew in confidence. I was a girl who was timid. I could not speak up. I could not make decisions. I had issues, identity, deep identity issues. But in there while interacting with people without necessarily having a class on identity but being found to be loved, to be accepted, to be taught, to see how others or respond to different things, I started to change, to become something that I would not have become had I been left to just belong to my natural family. And it's not that story of B3 is a story of many other people in our lives. They are in your neighborhood. They are at your workplace. They are in your community right now. They are in your church. They sit on a pew somewhere carrying things. They don't believe in themselves. They don't think anything can come out of them. And all they need is a true Christian community, where they can belong, where they can be loved, where they can be known, where they can be taught, where they can be rebuked, where they can be celebrated, where they can be pushed, where they can be told to start something. That's how we are going to change our generation. Yes, where ordinary people can do extraordinary things. That's not just my story. That's the story of Pastor Anne. That's the story of Pastor Chris. That's the story of Pastor Flores. That's the story of many of you here today. That you're able to do what you could never have done because you belonged to a family on mission. You belong... That probably these people know you now better than your natural family. Now. Now they know you better than your natural family. And so God has placed the solitary in families. I want to start in Matthew chapter 9 from verse 35 to 38. Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to start by saying why? Why must we be on mission with God? We see the heart of Jesus and then we're going to talk about how as quickly as we can. So remember I'm talking about the ultimate vehicle for living on mission every day, which is really a or community. But let me start with the foundations of it. In Matthew chapter 9, let's read together from verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, mm-hmm, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the... Ma- like how we are today. When, if Jesus was here right now, when he sees the multitudes, what did he do? He was moved with compassion for them. Why? They were weary and scattered like sheep having no. Okay. Uh-huh. Then he said to his disciples. So he looks at this multitude. They look weary. They look scattered. And he says those are the two core characteristics of sheep that have no shepherd. The two major characteristics of sheep with no shepherd. Is that they are weary and they are scattered in life. Two core characteristics. We can be sitting here highly educated. Weary and scattered. With money on the bank account. Weary and scattered. Looking for a shot. Looking for meaning in life. Empty. Weary and scattered. When Jesus comes into our churches and sees these big crowds... If they do not have smaller families, they are weary and scattered. Imagine if we were raised in schools as opposed to homes. Your parents give birth to you and send you to a school for life. You never have a time to come back home. Where you're known, where you're loved. Where you're taught, where you're rebuked. Where you're trained to succeed in life beyond scholarly knowledge. And that's how many of our churches... And spaces are even businesses. It's just one large lump of people who you hope are understanding and figuring life for themselves. Because even as I'm speaking right now, yes, you're getting something like what we've been teaching. It will only go deeper when you go to a smaller group where they can follow you up and say, okay, we've talked about the need for the power and fuel of the Holy Spirit. Now, what are you going to do? How many hours have you prayed? How many, hours have you, how many hours have you listened to teachings? Where are you serving? You have issues with submission. Where is your giving? That's where you can actually grow. You can, we can't grow like this. We cannot develop an army of believers who are going to go and change our generation by sitting in crowds. When Jesus saw the crowd, he felt compassion. Because they were weary and scattered. Remember, the two major characteristics of any believer who has no shepherd is that they are weary and they are scattered. And I'll go deeper into the weary and scattered. You're weary and scattered. And what is his response to that? He doesn't start preaching to them. He turns to his disciples. The solution is with you and I, the disciples of Jesus. The solution to the weariness and the scatteredness in our communities, in marriages, in schools, in businesses, wherever you are right now, the solution is not with the preacher. The solution is not with the anointed man and woman of God, whatever it looks like in our mind. The one who anoints the water and we go spreading it around. That's not where the solution is. The solution, Jesus does not turn to himself when he sees sheep without a shepherd. He turns to his disciples. He turns today. Jesus turns to you and I. And he's saying there are scattered people who Apostle Mose will never reach. Who Pastor M will never reach. (laughs) Who Pastor Lincoln will never reach but you have access to them. This afternoon you have access to them. This morning you had access to them. Tomorrow you will have access to them. On Monday, you have access to people who are weary and scattered. And Jesus is turning to the disciples and saying, Hey, look at these people. What does he say? And he said to his... Together. What did he say? The harvest truly. The challenge is not a harvest challenge. The challenge is that the laborers are few. And then he tells these same people, pray the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his... Those people are God's harvest. The issue is the harvest is the Lord's, but the labor is ours. Your understanding. The harvest is the Lord's, but the labor is whose? It's the work of the disciples. It's my work and your work to turn around weary and scattered people to become family members of the kingdom of God who are also on mission with God. Because imagine with me if each one of us was looking out for 10 people and intentionally teaching them everything we know. Just 10. You don't need to quit your job to do that. You don't need to to quit school. You don't need to stop doing business. You simply teach what you know and you make sure that you don't only pray but someone else is praying. You don't only read your bible but someone else is reading their bible you don't just tithe but someone else is tithing you don't save but someone else is saving you don't have a good marriage but someone else has a good marriage you don't whatever it is that you're winning in if you could multiply it into 10 people those are 10 less weary and scattered people the harvest is plentiful the laborers are few pray the lord of the harvest to send out laborers and who do you think he's sending out it's you and i The solution is with the disciples. Jesus is sending you and I out. Say, I am part of the workforce. Yes, we are part of the workforce. The harvest is plentiful. The people are weary and scattered. The laborers are few. It's an emergency. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 to 13, Paul the apostle starts to talk a little bit about this. Can you read with me? Because some of you think, no, that's the work of the apostles and the prophets. and the... So let's see whose work it is. Read with me. Come on. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some, some, some. But what's the point of all these gifts? For the equipping of who? The saints to do what? The work of ministry. Who is supposed to do the work of ministry? The saints. The one in your seat. That's the one supposed to be doing. Now we remember that word work. Jesus said laborers. Paul said work. Work is repetitive. Work is tiresome. Work is laborious. Because some of you say, I can't lead a mission or community because I have work. No, sweetheart, your real work is the work of ministry. That's the labor we are to be involved in. That's the point of belonging to a church family. That's why you have an apostle. That's why you have a pastor. That's why you have evangelists and shepherds and teachers. They are there to equip you, to give you tools, to show you how to go out there and do the work of ministry. Because the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Everyone is wants to be part of the harvest. That day you got born again, you stopped being in the harvest. Yeah, because the harvest is for weary and scattered people. But when you became born again, you joined the labor force of heaven. You were recruited immediately to start working in the harvest field because the harvest is plentiful. There are billions. Billions. They're in your neighborhood. They're in your classrooms. They're in your lecture halls. They're in your businesses. They're all over the place. They're waiting for someone to reach out to them. And you are designed perfectly to reach the people you're supposed to reach. You are to be equipped to do the work of ministry. You, we equip the saints. The ministry is work. It is labor. And that's why we are being equipped and transformed to go and do the work. Say work. work. Yes, it is work. Jesus said he is working. He said, until now, my father is working and I'm also working. Isn't it there in John, what, 517? Yeah, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been. What about you? Are you working? You have to understand that every job you have, every neighborhood you live in, every church you belong to is a harvest field. It's a workplace for the kingdom. You're undercover. You're not there to make to sell cigarettes wherever you work or whatever it is that you do or to sell insurance. You're there <laughs> to be a shepherd. We're on mission with God. Now, we can't change our generation through having converts. The assignment is making disciples. That's the assignment. Did you hear the word making? What does the word making mean? Stay with me. What does it mean when I say, go and make me juice? What am I saying? Is there juice? No, you're making it and there's a process. It doesn't exist. But are there ingredients to make the juice? Yeah, the, the ingredients for a disciple are there. Usually, it's a sinner. Then you get them converted. That's process number one. And wherever there is a sinner, there is a potential disciple. The first work is you convert them. After you convert them, you raise them in the character and competences of Jesus. Those of us who are leading missional communities, that is the assignment to turn them into people who look more like Jesus. They don't come looking like I can't say make me juice and you say this is juice. Like all the ingredients you say it is juice just you can't see it because many of us want already made disciples but the work is to make disciples to make disciples at one point you are not yet an engineer but you went to school and they made you an engineer it was rigorous someone had to teach you you failed some tests you did them again some teachers couldn't understand why you can't understand but they were patient with you now it's your turn To look at someone and say this one can become a kingdom influencer. And then you start making them. Whatever Christ has done in you, you make sure and it is work. It is labor. But it is rewarding. You see some of us here, we've been made. Yes. There was a time when I didn't believe in saving. Money. In case you think saving something else. And the apostle had to make me save. It was work, classes, follow-up. Instead of, you see, you can say we're all adults. Yeah, one day you'll discover that poverty is bad. But then it means you're not a shepherd. Because if they are weary and scattered and they are under you, they are still sheep without a shepherd. If you met them with scattered finances and they are still scattered, they are sheep without a shepherd. Some have become goats. They are no longer sheep. (laughs) If you met them when their marriage was upside down and it's still upside down after two years of you being their shepherd, they are exactly like sheep without a shepherd. The work of a shepherd is to take away the weariness and the scatteredness through teaching and patience and insisting and parenting. Show me Jeremiah 23, 4, one of the verses I really love. That what a shepherd does... He says, I will set up shepherds over them. What are the shepherds to do? Who will feed them? Uh And then they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. Those are characteristics of people who are being shepherded intentionally. Because they are being fed on the word of God and taught obedience. What happens is that fear goes away. I used to fear. I used to go to a apostle and tell him, I'm a woman, I can't preach by even sending me hate mail because I was the first woman in worship service to preach, so it was a shock, and I had been a worship leader, and so people were confused and they were sending me scriptures, and he told me he sent me books to read, he encouraged me, and then I started to be more confident, more confident. I had to first teach what he exactly I listened. Write down everything. Go and preach it exactly. The example, the joke, everything. I'm telling you the truth. That's how I learned to teach. Is that when you have a shepherd over you, they teach you, they feed you. And then what happens is that fear goes away, dismay goes away, and luck goes away. That should be the characteristic of the people who you're shepherding. Because my assumption is that you're a shepherd. If you're not yet today, you're going to live convinced that you're a shepherd. All of us are supposed to be shepherds. There is no one exempted from shepherding. No believer is exempted from the work of shepherding. None. None. He says the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. He sent us into the world, said go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. And he tells you how. Baptizing them (laughs) in the name of the Father. Meaning you first get them born again, they get baptized. Then you start teaching them to obey. Everything God has commanded, and He said, if you do that, I'm with you. If you want more of the presence of God in your life, start doing the work of shepherding. Yes. Apostle told us that you can't be praying trying to get the engine of a car on a boda boda. A tractor, moreover, a tractor on a boda boda. That's some of us you're praying for more power, but for what use? Because the power is for shepherding. Say, I am a shepherd. Some of you have refused to say it. Say, I am a shepherd. shepherd. Yes, you're a shepherd at your workplace. You're a shepherd in the neighborhood. You're a shepherd at home. You're a shepherd in your family. Rise up and take your place. Because the harvest is plentiful. There are so many weary and scattered people where you are. And they are waiting for a shepherd to arise. And it begins by recognizing that you're a shepherd. So every believer is actually a shepherd. And I'm going to prove it to you. Because when he says in Matthew 9.36 that when he saw the multitudes, Jesus was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. And you know, the word weary means extreme tiredness. How many of you know that there are people in the world who are extremely tired? Tired of marriage, tired of pain, tired of addictions, tired of poverty, tired of being stuck in life, tired of emptiness. They are there. I'm sure you're even seeing some people in your mind as I speak. You left some of them at your workplace yesterday. People have given up on them. Weary. (laughs) Weary means extreme tiredness as a result of excessive exhaustion. Exhausted, fatigued, spent. Even the church is full of them sadly. Believers who have no shepherd. Now, you're a shepherd but you're also a sheep. What qualifies you to shepherd others is you're shepherded by someone. You have no business shepherding people if you're not shepherded. Yeah? Yes. The qualification is that you're under someone. So, scattered people are people who are all over their place. They're sick and tired of life, and there are so many. Now, I want to show you a scripture that Apostle showed us. Um, Recently, we were in Ghana, and he taught from that scripture. So, in John chapter 21, from verse 15. John 21, from verse 15. Read with me. So, when they had eaten breakfast, your neighbor is not reading, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of Jonah, do you love me more? The question is not, do you love me? Everyone says they love Jesus. But he says, is your love deeper than the regular Christian's love? He's asking Peter. Are you, do you love me more than the talkers? Do you love me more than the criers? The shouters? Do you love me? Jesus is asking you today the way he asked Peter. Do you really love me more than these? How deep is your love? And then he starts to show you what proves love to him. What proves your love to God is not your offering. It's not the, loud, the, the volume of your prayer. And all these things are very important. But they are not the proof of our love for him. And he tells Peter three times what the proof of love is. He says, Peter, do you love me more than this? And what, was, and, and, and what did Peter answer? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know. And what did he say to him? Feed my... That's the proof. The proof of our love is in our embracing the work of shepherding. Like, that is it. Like, do you love me? If you love me, then you're going to do what's most important to me. Feed my... The lambs are the new believers. The next verse, you would think it changes. He said to him again a second time. Together. Simon, son of Jonah, do you... And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know. What does he say to him? "Tend my sheep. They're not just lambs. There are some who are lambs. There are those who are sheep. They've moved from just being lambs. They have now matured a little more. They've been in salvation 10 years. But there's no fruit. They lack a shepherd. That's why David says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The first thing he does is he makes me. He forces me to lie down in green pasture. You force them to read the Bible. You're like, we are all adults. No, in the things of God, we are not adults. Otherwise, we would be fruitful. Yes. Everyone needs a shepherd. You don't give birth to babies and leave them and say, this one now can breathe oxygen. You take them home and nurture. And in the beginning, some of you have babies. You have to clean poop. And you can't be saying, this one, why are you always using a pamper? You use a pamper patiently for a while, but at some point, they must graduate from pamper. And start using it only at night. Some of you need to graduate your disciples from non-stop pampering. Yeah, you have nursed the poverty for too long. They're in your MC, they're always asking for transport, they always have no money, they are believing God for a job from January to January. No, 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 you must put your foot down and say, This nonsense must stop. You can't continue doing biggie in your pamper when you're three years old. There's a development problem. Yes, yes, first sit down, I tell you a story. Recently, There are some people who I'm discipling They are here, I won't look in any direction So I did a spot check On some of my disciples Concerning their tithe Yes, me I check Their tithe Some of you don't check Spot check, you don't want them I know their tithe numbers So I go and say, give me the records for the following people I got the records Say what, shock These are pastors Pastors Shepherds of the people Tongue speaking Fire spitting But they are still big babies Don't be deceived by size and ability to quote scripture Look for fruit So I checked Uganda shillings Do you know how much they had tithed for 6 months in Uganda shillings? 250,000 This is a husband and a wife with children It means they are deceiving me that they've earned 2.5 million. All my stories are true. In six months, that they've earned 2.5 million. Say, it's a lie. Now, some of you are political disciples, so you prefer to have weary and scattered people. They live in the village and they they do subsistence farming. No, no, no. They live in the city of Kampala. They're always looking nice. I can tell that they did not earn because that would make it 500,000 between the husband and the wife. But they have to parent, eat food. You know, you make a calculation and you know this is the devil trying to keep my people. Because if that's the shepherd, what's happening down the line? Some of you need to do spot checks on your people who you say you are shepherding. Some of you need someone to do a spot check on you. That's why you're weary and scattered. I'm talking about De- being a shepherd shepherds make people lie down in abundance using- no I went, no 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 so you know what i did i took the image that i got from finance and i put it on the group where i first went to the sidebar not on the group where all the disciples are please i'm not that bad yeah i know you think i'm i'm i'm, I'm, t- I'm but i'm not like that So I first went to the inbox of the person, the man in the relationship. I said, sir, what is this? Is this an error? What are these things? What do these things mean? Oh, there was word salad. Word salad is like this. You see, actually, there's some money. I've not yet tithed it, but it's somewhere hidden. I don't know what I said. No, 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 no. This is going to a group where your wife is to verify and... Jeremy. I put it there and said explain what you told me in the sidebar. They are in butter trade. Oh, they don't have cash. Apostle is trying to explain this situation. So after much conversation, oh Pastor B3 actually, then I checked they had not even given fast fruit and it was June. Some of you were acting surprised if they do a spot check. We might find out that you are weary and scattered. Ah, What did I do? I told them this nonsense must stop. First of all, what do you do for a living? Actually, actually, no, stop, you're actually. This is what you're going to do. You're going to go talk to so-and-so for a job. You're going to go start doing this and this. You must earn weekly. I need an accountant. And you must give your first fruit, even though it is June. And you must pay all the tithe that you ate. I will not disciple thieves. Some of you, you're there massaging theft in your so-called mission or community. It's not a missional community at all, at all. You know these people, they know I love them. You see, only love can make you have these conversations. If you love someone, you will have difficult conversations with them. I have children. I tell them, you're smelling. No one will tell you you're smelling. Only mommy will tell you. Others will talk about you. So some of you, you're like the people who talk about people. Instead of being a good mother or father and saying, my child, buy the following deodorant shave after shaving clean i was telling the young men in yxp at my church that if you don't like showering i know you don't sometimes go buy a small towel at least clean in the morning some places huh? particular areas others i won't show you with my hands but you know what i'm talking about because that's why some of them no one wants to date them They smell, they don't brush their tongue. (laughs) Director Grace can come and tell us the places to clean in his next up session next year. You guys are still telling you my story. You know, by the end of July, these people, first of all, of course, then I gave them an ultimatum. I told them, in three months, if you don't fix your finances, because we've had this conversation many times, if you don't fix your finances i am committed one you will no longer be pastors and i even went and told apostle because i have the authority within my network i can't have shepherds who are struggling financially then i told them your children will blame the church and it's not the church that's making you poor you're not working you don't give your tithe you're eating the fast fruit of course you're going to be poor that is how to get poor don't work, don't tithe, don't give fast fruit. If you want to go to poverty, three steps to poverty. Instant. Yeah. So you you have those people in your MC and you're there saying, you know, people have different challenges. No! They are weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. Arise and be a shepherd. Stop being a coward. Rise up and be a shepherd. Take your place. Lift your people. Don't, don't succeed alone. Succeed with them. That's what apostle does. He drags you along. Whether you're bleeding, you will build. You will save. You will be brilliant. You will read books. You will buy land. You will do. You will grow. Like you die doing it, but you'll be better. That's the spirit. Tend the sheep. Feed the lambs. Oh, Pastor B3, please don't chase me from leading the church. I promise we are going to... I'm like, it's a not up for discussion. And I was really committed. And I'm still committed to it. But the good thing is that they've repented. They've repented. They gave their entire first fruit. They are giving their tithe and giving us updates. They are earning money weekly. Yeah, even the wife looks happier. And they did not get offended, thank God. Because I told them, I hope you know that I love you. Only a mother can tell you what I'm telling you. Other people will go and talk about you and just keep quiet and wait for you one day to fall apart. The point of people being under you as a shepherd is to lift them. Lift them, people. Let's lift them. Feed them, help them, rebuke them, challenge them, encourage them. Insist on things. There are pe- There's a time I went and asked all the wives in my network. I told them right now, don't change anything go to your bedroom and take a picture of your bedroom they are here they can tell you i told them no rearranging not doing anything take a picture now and i found out people were sleeping on the floor your phone which you are chatting with me about has been stolen while i'm chatting with you your phone has been stolen what a shock I found out people were sleeping on the floor with no beds. These are pastors. Some of you, you don't know that your people sleep on the floor. You just insist, pay for transform. They don't have a bed. Are you a shepherd? Between transform and a bed, what should I pay for? They were not only sleeping on the floor. The bedroom is not painted. There's cement everywhere. Some of the beddings were very suspicious. Other people live in stores, calling them bedrooms. There's someone who, when they sent me the picture, I said, no, I meant your bedroom. I'm not even joking. It's a storage facility. There was nowhere to sleep. Like, you can't find the bed. They had to eventually first push the things. I was like, you can't sleep in such a place and the devil doesn't minister to you. Poverty. I said, you have to change it. Then we started now saying, now, take pictures. Then I sent a picture of my bedroom, and then I improved mine. Pastor Jean was, was even helping on those projects. We still, you know, I remember, we improved people's bedrooms. Then we went to bathrooms. Then we said, now, set dinner. People didn't have dinner places to eat from. Take a picture of a dinner set as a wife. What are you going to cook for dinner? These are some potential menus. menus. What are we raising? Cassava and salt, Cassava and, salt and black tea. Pictures, live, videos. Tend the sheep. Carefully take care of. Do you love Jesus? Do the work of tending the sheep. You can't be the one who has a nice bedroom. But all the people that you disciple, their bedrooms are like pigsties. Those things communicate to you. They tell you you're poor, your life is bad. And you don't even know that it's your environment. I have some disciples right now. They have to send us a weekly update on the house progress. Because their house, they built it and they've lived in it for a number of years. Which I will not tell you. But they are not few. But when we visited, it looked like they had just moved in last week. Yeah, they've been there for years. Not one year, not two, not three, not four. They've lived in the house. But there was no paint on the walls. Things had been broken down. The compound looked like it was. And right now, they are so excited. They have to send, my friend, now they sent pictures yesterday. See, pictures have gone on the walls. They painted the other week. They moved. Do you know how good they feel when they walk into their house now? You are in a painted house, but you go and visit your ship, then you go and gossip about them. Say, eh, the other people? Have you ever been to their house? But you're the parent. Look what your work looks like. Who goes gossiping about their kid? It's because in your head you're not a parent. You're just a leader of a group. A group leader. Group leader. Did he say go and make groups of all the nations? Huh? Somebody's gotta be crazy. I'm healing you right now. I'm taking away diseases. We must love the people. You see me, this topic, I can talk about it for five hours. Because it's here, I believe in it with all my heart. I've even begged the apostle to allow me to lead an MC and he has refused. Because I'm telling you, for me, eh, like if, if apostle could allow me, that's, I would rather lead an MC than lead the church. Because there, you can really turn people into champions. Like they are there in front of you. Guys, you really, now of course my is the location pastors, the Zono pastors, but you know where you meet them weekly? The opportunity you have to turn around the story of not only, you see when my uncle educated me, he didn't just change my life. He changed the life of my children and their children. When you change the life of one person, you're not only helping them, you're helping so many people. Understand that, that when you help me break out of poverty, it's not just me. My children will never be poor, and other people who I meet, I'm going to break them out. You give me a weapon. So those people who are in your mission or community, those of you who have them, I'm begging you. Turn it around. Go and repent. Tell them I've not led you as a parent, but from today I'm going to. I've gone shopping with some of my disciples. Intentionally, I say, let's go to the supermarket. Then I watch the things they are picking. I see poverty manifesting they are saving almost nothing on a very bad brand, very, I say wait what, what kind of brand is that, where did you get it it's cheaper I've had to teach them things like you go to visit and they've counted the pieces of meat in the saucepan in the container oh they don't even have containers. there's a time I went to visit and when I reached there I asked for knives, because they gave only forks. I will not look anywhere I will look up, because they are here All my stories are true. This, when you see this particular lady, she looks like a homemaker. You know how they look. Dressed good, very clean, organized woman. So when we went to visit, we said, please, can you give us some knives? Went to the kitchen and stopped coming back. What's happening? Mama, can I tell you the truth? This is a homemaker. She has been married many years. She's in her 40s. She's not a young wife. She has no knives. She has no knives. Some of you are like, Pastor B3, you I mean that's a problem? Yes, you need to have knives. How do you eat your meat? Like this? Mercy. But what? zona zona. So her assignment was go and buy knives. Kenyans use spoons. <laughs> you guys, my time, I tell I have not even got to, got to the main point. Sit down. You guys, sit down. Go and sit down. You people, my time is up. I don't even know what I'm going to do. But here is the thing. Listen. Stop talking to your neighbor. We are going for break time. You will talk. Are you listening to me? The work of a shepherd is the work of a parent. Parents nurture. They raise. They lift. They groom, they strengthen, they rebuke, they encourage, they lift. So when he says, feed my lambs, that's what God is saying to you and I. Lift them up out of poverty. Lift them up out of depression. I used to have a disciple who used to walk around with a cloud on her head. I Look the other side. When she walked into a room, she sucked, all the lights went off, oxygen left, and all of you needed to adjust to her. Rain with a little cloud like this. Every day I would get a message, even from apostle, what's wrong with your person? What is it today? What is it this time? One day we had to have a conversation. And you know what shocked me how the conversation began? This disciple was talking about people who are gloomy. So uh, it hit me that we have a problem. She was like, eh, you know these people who have emotional issues, always switching from one... I'm like, I'm sorry, what? No one is worse than you in this thing. So she asked me, then I said, but that's how you are. I said, what? Why in a car? And she said, on a scale of 1 to 10, I said 12. You're off the charts. Like you're the worst person to be around. My husband would even tell me she shouldn't come home. Because she would change the whole environment. When she would come, he would leave sometimes. Because it's too much. It was really bad. And everyone was talking about it. Everyone was, it was so bad. I was shepherding. But my friend. Now they say she's the... She's the bringer of life, bringer of joy, queen of joy. So now it became a thing of when you do it, I would tell you, I would say, change your face, deal with your emotions, get out of the room now, you are controlling people, it's manipulative behavior, don't talk to your mother like that, fix that matter. Because I would watch something, talk to your mom, who are you talking to on the phone? My mom. You can't talk to your mother like that. But that's how we talk, it's wrong. It's wrong. You can't talk to your mother like that. Apologize. Tend the sheep. Because sometimes we think it's about read your Bible. Send them up more challenge. Some of your groups are about forwarding messages. Forward, 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 forward. Then go for evangelism. Then meet on Wednesday. Forward, 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 forward. Go for evangelism. Meet on Wednesday. Forward, forward, forward. forward. You know Nothing. transform, pay immediately. I had a disciple who would do that. Someone would write and say I'm not able to pay right now. I have given an instruction. Then I send them a side bar. Do you know if they have food? Delete that message. First go to the inbox find out if the person has food before you say you've given an instruction by 1pm. Do you know why they did that? Because they would see apostles doing that to some of us. You know why he does it? He knows what's in our pockets. You don't know. You find out the person is earning 150000 a month. And you're saying they must pay by 1 p.m. 150k, the same amount. You don't even know. What you don't know is that they are behind on rent for months. And they are trying to borrow now to come for transform. I know you want me to tell you how to start a missional community. How to multiply it. How to grow it. You know what to do. Go do evangelism, do visits, what? You, you can go and read the books. But maybe today, because I had planned to go into those things, I have the up, in, out, all the triangles. I already have them. Vera has them. But what I think is really important, what I sense God is saying to us today, is catch the heart of a disciple. That's the point. Why some of our MCs can't grow? There is no love. You see the word is called a mission or community. Yes, there is a mission, but there is also a community. And the community, it is up to the leader to develop the community. The community is developed by a leader. You have patterns of celebration. Some of our MCs, if people crack jokes, you get annoyed. Everything is about military. Why are we laughing? People are dying. Please. Please. When you lead a mission or community, some of you Every MC meeting, you're stressed because people don't carry snacks. But you know why people don't carry snacks? Because you've not told them to carry snacks. When I led a mission or community, I would stand on the door. As they are coming in with a big smile. Say, hi, where is your snack? Hey, your hands are empty. You go back to the trading center and buy popcorn. With a big smile. They go back, they come back, I clap. Isn't it true? Say thank you put it there hello where is your snack go to the trading center get something every week i would send you back if i'm not around those who have no money i'll tell them buy orbit chewing gum you have to enter with something until they knew we all carry something All of us, it's a culture that we carry. So guess what? When they go and start an MC, they will do the exact. But some of you, you are the one who's always stressed. And my people are not generous. Have you told them to obey? Without beating them down, just smile and say, where is your snack? Go and bring your snack. (laughs) You forgot. You forgot. Oh, sorry. There, there, the trading center. You can go. we wait for you. If you don't know how to smile, you put a smile at the door. Let them do the work. Then I had to teach him proportion control. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other day I saw Pastor Jeremy sending one of our disciples a message. Again, I'll look this side. We had served breakfast. I think he was very hungry. I look at you, Papa. Because Papa is not my disciple. So this person had put four sausages on the plate. You need an usher. <laughs> four, one, two, three, four, and other things. So when, 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 when Pastor Jeremy saw it, he just sent a message and said, four sausages are not good for your health. some of you, then you bring a someone to the whole MC about portion control. Deal with the person who has a problem. Don't be a coward. Love. Love should have no fear. You see, for me, Apostle has sent me a message before and asked me what kind of demon do you have? He has asked me, he has called me, he has not yet called me Satan. We've not yet reached that level. But at least he has said I'm demon possessed. <laughs> Apostle, I won't even look. He has asked me which demon I have Because there is a particular issue Which he has I I was late Yeah And I was late for a site visit of my home That's, That's demonic possession, right? And even me, I don't want to be late You see, I'm like, but why? Why am I late? What's wrong with me? You understand, like there's a problem here It's an addiction eh? No, there's no dopamine with being late You know you arrive, you're driving Like a mad woman, you're late Apostle is annoyed and you're so Sorry, but the problem It's the 20th time Someone has to address it No please, exorcism So you know what He's not a cowardly leader. If he wasn't having those conversations with me, I would doubt his love. Watch out for people who never correct you. They don't love you. Because it's so scary to correct someone. Why? You put at risk your relationship. That if I come and correct Pastor Solome, she could possibly get offended and leave me. But I love her enough to be willing to to lose that relationship. At least one day she will realize that I loved her. That's what mothers and fathers do. They have the difficult conversations. They make you repeat a class. They do what no one else has the courage to do because they love you more than others. Rise up and parent in your mission or communities. That's why many of our MCs are not working. We are surface leaders. We are like workmates and colleagues. We are pretenders. We won't have the difficult conversations. We won't sit down and say, hey, you have a problem. You're always asking for transport. Why don't... There are people who we have had to have conversations with you. Why don't you have a job? And do you sit down and they have to go and get a job. And when they meet you, you feel the tension. But me, I know that before God, he knows that I'm loving you. I'm loving you. Because if you get a job, how does it benefit me? In no way whatsoever. Me, my husband has a job. Yeah. I, we, have, we are okay, we are provided for. So it's not about you succeeding. When you know you're a good shepherd is when whatever God has done in you, he, now you can point at the people you lead and say, even this one, even this one, even this one. But if it's only working for you, they, their disciples, when we started working with them, they were in debt of about 12 million in rent arrears. Some of you don't check on your disciples and say rent. Uh-uh. They had had rent arrears for about well, a year and a half. Uh, Yeah, so you know what we had to start working on a plan of one we helped of course we collected some money reduced the burden and then said now you finish the rest but you have to be saving while paying also your debt so and recently they had a need and they had to go and withdraw some of their savings for an emergency and they sent a message and said thank you for insisting that we save even while we were paying debt now we were able to solve a big emergency because we had saved money The thank you might come years later. It might even never come, but it's recorded in heaven. It is recorded before God. Do you love Jesus? Guys, there are so many weary and scattered people. Yeah, you might get no thank you at all, at all. Some of them might run away. Some of them, yesterday someone was reminding me of a day we even missed a big event and we had to walk to a home to beg a disciple not to have an abortion. I sat there and I begged this girl. She went ahead and had the abortion. But I tried. Yeah. Do you know that some of the people you're leading are having sex? And they're not yet married. Please, please. There are people who should be having it. The ones who are not, supp- the, if the problem if they are not having it. Those are things you have to check on also. Now Apostle, uh, please, that thing, it traumatized me. I can't even talk about it. You talk about how people dress. There are people who we had to agree. I think it was Pastor Sandra who we had to change her wardrobe. She used to wear gray and black, and you know, and she always looked sad. So I remember the assignment was buy bright clothing, color. Yes. And people started calling her joy. Even her attitude, she just, it just lifted something. Gray, navy blue, black. That was it. All the time, and big, bad clothes. Big, big, just there like this. Shabby. Now she has lipstick, colored hair. What? She's alive. I'm, I'm talking about the little things. Because sometimes you think it's about the big stuff. People don't have anyone to teach them. That's why their mouth smells. That's why their ears are not clean. Don't just talk about them who raised you. Well, it's now your opportunity to raise them. Do something. Close your mouth while you're eating. I've, I've had to have conversation with some of the girls I disciple to close their legs when they are sitting. They didn't teach them. They sit like this. And they genuinely don't know. So you have to keep doing, like, when I tap my thigh, they know what I'm saying. I look at them and do like this. They put their legs together. They put their legs together. They put their legs together. Because maybe that's why the boys are staying away. And they are interpreting how you sit. And imagining you with the in-laws. They are like sheep without... Children without a parent, sheep without a shepherd. Leaderless, on their own. Don't let them be like that while they're under you. You're a gift to them as shepherd is a gift. And all of us have been called to shepherd the flock of God. It's not for only the, uh, the, the leaders of the movements, it's for every Christian. You're mandated to have people who you're intentionally caring for and reproducing the character and competences of Jesus in. Rise and be a spiritual parent. Rise up. Visit homes. Do spot checks. One time Apostle came many, many years ago and we married, maybe two years after our wedding. Showed up at like 7 a.m. I was in my 90s. So I didn't know who was at the door. I was in my 90s there. Then I tied the thing on. It was the last time I ever tied the thing on my head. I had a helmet of salvation. So he walks in. You know, has casual conversation. When he left, he sent me a message. He said, hey, Mwana wange, change the 90s and the headgear for the sake of the marriage. What a father. What a shepherd. My husband can tell you he has never again seen a head thing. Some of you women, you go to bed like you are going to war. You put on a mask on the face. It's scary. Then you put a helmet on the head. You put on your gloves. Eh? And then you put on your t-shirt and socks like this. And you're looking at him like you say something. The brother is there. He doesn't know how to bring it up. You need a shepherd. I've had some husbands come to me and say, Pastor, Eh, then I say, you leave it to me. I don't go and say, your husband reported. No. I just say, send me some of the pictures of your 90s. Then I say, what a shock! What a shock! What a shock! Promotional t-shirts of MTN. Am I talking at all? Church begins on Monday, not in the bedroom.
0: Ah,
1: Wow, because there are no nighties at all, at all. Some people send you a blank screen, Pastor. Dr. Kulo says that's what he wants no nighties at all. You guys, my time is up. Hmm? Adam's suit is acceptable for those who like. But seriously, guys, every detail. Get interested in the details of people's lives. So that's why when they say go and do a visit, it's not something to tick off a box. You're going there as a shepherd. You look around. When we visited that couple and the home was not how it should be, we didn't rebuke them that day. No, we sat, we enjoyed the visit. Then later on, we said, guys, no. Your home can't be like that. So don't go and visit and rebuke. Please, let's have some emotional intelligence. I want to inspect this house. Okay, okay. No problem. Show me the toilet. Ah. Please, Inspector Derek. Have the wisdom to Okay, we'll have this. Com- don't have all the conversations at once. Point one, this matter. Point two, no. Have it wait. Have another one next month. Have another one next month. In between, there have encouragement. Thank. Be patient. You know, like a parent. Hey, celebrate them for improvement. Be measured. Don't just go and you bang. Everything they hear is correction. They've never had anything good. Some of that places, it's stress, high stress, always correcting, always rebuking, never encouraging, never celebrating. There's always something wrong. For you, don't you? They do nothing, right? Look for what's working. Celebrate it. Catch them doing good. And celebrate. Intentionally catch them doing good. But they must know that there's a way you react to certain things. They must know. Some of them say, i be here and I say, what if Pastor B3 shows up? Let me organize this place. You know? And that should be, that's how parents should make you feel. If for you people don't feel any discomfort around you, you're not yet shepherding. There has to be a level of discomfort. A, a certain very nice level of discomfort when they show up How, uh, you, you know, you know, at, at church. When, you, when they show up in that space, there's got to be even the boss when they require excellence. There's a certain level of discomfort that's just beautiful. Not like stress, but it's, 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 a, it's a level where that makes you want to go you understand when they ask for do you ever ask for people's financials ask are you really discipling people what are we doing if you feel like "Eh, how can I ask that But how will you know how they are doing if you can't ask for that they should know from the beginning that we are family it's a community I can ask you questions you can ask apostle sends us his financials sometimes and then he asks for ours as network leaders and you have to send whichever way they look you send them then he deals with you. <laughs> yeah. There are times he has had to call all the husbands and talk to them about husband matters. Like Kameza. And suddenly in all the wives' homes, good things were happening. There's a time he gave instruction for people to send flowers. Look, now some of you women, you're unwise. When they send, you're like, you know, it's a to who told you to send them. Also you, just be thankful. I don't do flowers. Just say thank you, be happy, so that next time there's dopamine, they give you more. Apostle, I really had a plan. If I show you my notes, how to do missional communities. What is a missional community? Look, eh? it's okay for today. I think what God wanted us to know, one, we are shepherds, all of us. Two, the heart of a shepherd. Be a lifter. Whatever is working in your life, make sure it works. So when he said that you pass on what you've learned, it's not just gathering them to teach them what Apostle taught. It's actually look at your life and say, I'm saving now. Other people I'm leading saving. I'm able to give at least this amount of money to arise and build. How much are my people giving? Isn't there anyone who hasn't given? We still have until December. They must give. If you look at your marriage, is it working? Are they happy? You can tell. If they are not, what can you teach concerning marriage? If you, ho- if you have a home, do people have land? How are you going to make sure they get land? So it's to say, what has God worked in me through having a shepherd? I now must be the same shepherd. And in my small way, I haven't yet reached where Apostle has with us. But in my small way, I can point to different people and say, in this one's life, I've been able to, by the grace of God, help them come from here to here, come from here to here. But you have to be interested. You have to look at their lives. You have to love them. Then they have to challenge them to also go and do the same for others. The quickest way for you to help them grow is by making them shepherds. Because when they start shepherding, now there is a demand for them to, if you demand for something in someone's life, where is yours? It's the quickest way to turn them into mature people by making sure that they also become shepherds of others. Amen. God bless you.